Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first ever edition of a new sports podcast that will be sweeping the nation, Z-Dunks and the Wild Man. I am Joe Szymanski, a.k.a. the Wild Man. He is Zach Duncan, a.k.a. Z-Dunks. What's up, everybody? And we are here to discuss what has been definitely one of the better weeks of the season, week 15 of the NFL season. A lot of stuff happened, a lot of playoff push movement, a lot of draft positioning movements in the top 10. And just an all in all, a very good week of games. And we started off on the right foot on Thursday, a game that a lot of people are calling one of the best games of the year. We had the Los Angeles Chargers come into Kansas City and take down the Chiefs 29 to 28. So, Zach, what do you what do you what do you think is the big takeaway from this game here? I think the big takeaway would be Philip Rivers' resiliency and the fact that he overcame a two touchdown deficit late in the fourth. Without his star receiver, Keon Allen, I thought it was a brilliant comeback. And I definitely agree with Anthony Lynn's decision at the end of the game. Go for two. Oh, yes. You don't want to go to overtime in Mahomes. Not that offense. And not, not in that building either. Yeah, Can't yeah, go in sure. overtime in that building. Yeah. Arrowhead Stadium. Also, are we not going to discuss how Tyreek Hill was a non-existent factor in that game? Well, I think I think um, uh, Hill, he obviously had a wrist injury uh, the week prior against the Ravens. I think that limited him this week. I think he was good to go. But I think maybe his deep threat ability to handle... I mean, Mahomes has an arm. He has a cannonly arm. He throws hard. We know that. For sure, for sure. So I think maybe that probably hindered his ability a little bit. But I think I think they were definitely very disappointed with his ability to run the ball. I think they were going to try and add him more into the run offense a little bit. Uh, sure. This can't be anything more than a disappointing loss, I think, for Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think... This is a chance where you could have basically taken a division, the first um, uh, seed in the AFC... I mean, other results obviously happen that I think doesn't really affect them that much, but with the Chargers now hot on their tail for both the division and what is likely to be the number one seed in the AFC, uh, this was, I think this is a blown opportunity at home for the Chiefs. Uh, this is a blown opportunity for them. It's going to be disappointing, especially to blow that 14-point lead with um, uh, so little See, left in the fourth I quarter. have another take on that. Mm-hmm. Instead of a disappointing loss for the Chiefs, how about a great win for the Chargers? Oh. <laughs> they go into Arrowhead in December and yeah. steal one on the road. Not to mention, they're both 11-3. and three. Let's look at the numbers. Phelps Rivers, 26-38 for 313 yards, two touchdowns, and, of course, the two interceptions in the red zone, yeah. which would have been killer had they not come back and won. Yes. Pat Mahomes, 24 for 34, 243 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. Which is an interesting stack because we've seen Mahomes throw for over 300 yards in so many games this year. I mean, you, you mentioned Tyreek Hill being almost a non-factor earlier on. I think... That's a huge factor in why, because he's he's really their big deep threat. But again, I, there's a lot of things that you when you peel back and you look at the stats here a little bit. I think there's a lot of stuff here that you take a look at and you say, how how do you how does this happen to a team like the Chiefs who have been so consistent in destroying it's defenses? It's a misleading stat yeah. line. Also, I have to say, are we not going to give props to the defenses? Oh yeah, Chiefs defense had two takeaways in yeah. the red zone, mm-hmm. which kept them in. And yeah. frankly, Mahomes not being able to put up any points in the fourth quarter yeah. was a huge hindrance in that loss. Well, I think we've seen the Chargers' defense. I think Anthony Lynn, who was who was a questionable hire when he was hired last year by the Chargers. He was a questionable hire coming over from Buffalo. He, re- he only, only had one game of he was the interim head coach for the Bills after uh, Rex Ryan got fired two years ago. In weeks, after Week 16, he was the interim coach for one week. And he won, but I think it was an interesting hire. He went started 0-4 last year. 
A lot of questions coming in this season, but yeah, no, obviously it's been a great victory, a huge victory for the Chargers, huge AFC playoff implications. I mean, are they Super Bowl favorites? Maybe? Also, yeah, dark horse maybe, possibly. Mm-hmm. Are we not going to discuss the fact that the Chargers, for the first time since 2013, have clinched a wild card spot? Yeah, that's big. I mean, just wild card, so they they have yet to clinch their division. Yeah, lots of opportunities in the future. For yeah. Them. All right, on in the next game, we'll be discussing Houston and New York's face off in the Meadowlands. Yeah. Houston won this game, 29-22. I don't have much to say. Despite Hopkins had a solid game, Robbie Anderson produced. Uh, Darnold and Watson both played solid games. I mean, I can't complain too much. Uh, Houston moves into that two seed now after the Patriots loss. We'll talk about that more later. Jets definitely improved their draft stock. And I think Darnold played a really solid game. I like the way he was moving out of the pocket. The throws he was making, a lot of of confidence. He was slinging it. Uh, Deshaun Watson, he battled. He scrambled. He used his legs. At the end of the day... Houston was just the better team. And I think that says a lot. I think there's been a lot of talk about the Jets this year and their struggles. I think it hurt that Dar- obviously Darnold was out for a little bit, had to go with Josh McCown for a little while there, some Bryce, you know, some other quarterbacks messing there, you Bryce know. Petty. Bryce Petty for a week, you know. <laughs> hard hard week, hard season for the Jets. Uh, I think there's been a lot of talk about whether Todd Bowles uh, will keep his job this year. I think he's probably going to be one of the first names that if we see someone go in basically two weeks now, because Black Monday is coming up basically in two weeks for NFL head coaches, he's probably going to be one of the names that if we hear from the New York area, we will hear about. But I agree with you on Darnold. I think he's had an up-and-down rookie season. But I think today was the first time I think we saw some mobility out of um, uh, Josh uh, uh, Darnold. I think think Darnold, he brings a lot to the table. Mm -hmm. He brings mobility. He brings intelligence. Mm-hmm. He brings a good QB pocket awareness. If you watch him play, his footwork's pretty pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, he's not gonna force things that aren't there. He's strong with the he's strong with the throws, especially the sidelines and deep middle. Yeah. He looks for guys like Quincy Anunua, Robbie Anderson, and when those guys aren't open, he goes to his va- safety valves such as Elijah McGuire, Bilal yeah. Powell. But he didn't have ball power in this game. Elijah McGuire was the lead back. Yeah. And I think the balance of rushing attack and passing attack is a, is the key to success for this Jets team moving forward. Yeah. And building around Darnold on that offense. Yeah, I think that has to be. But I also have to think you have to give props to Robbie Anderson. A little bit of a breakout, maybe underlying breakout season for the Jets receiver. Uh, i got to give out a props to him. He had a bit, definitely a bit of a breakout season for him this year, especially having to deal with people like McCown at quarterback. He's had a bit of a breakout year. All right. That's pretty much all we'll talk about for that one. Yeah. All right, on to the next one. The second game of the Saturday slate, Cleveland and Denver. Cleveland went into Denver and snagged a W, 17-16. Cleveland moved on to 6-7-1 and one on the year, while Denver fell to 6-8. and eight. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 18 for 31, 188 yards, two touchdowns, an interception. Uh, Nick Chubb. One of the underrated rookies in the yeah. in the league at running back. Definitely, definitely. 20 carries. He quietly had himself a nice day. Broke 100 yards. Uh, Case Keenum played a solid game. 31 for 48, 257 yards, no touchdowns. He did throw two interceptions, but those ended up being dropped off the hands of the receivers. I think this game really revealed the grit of the Browns. It also revealed some of the flaws in the Broncos. Well, I think a lot of the flaws, I think, continue to come from head coach Van Joseph. I think he's been a cause for a lot of critique from the Broncos fan base and a lot of people who 
look at the Broncos. He's been a lot of the cause of critique. I mean, you kick that, you're down 17 to 13, and you kick that field goal with with three minutes remaining. You got a fourth and one. I think that's a situation where I think we talked about it with Anthony Lynn going for two at the end of the game. You know, that's a risky call, but it works out because you know those are the calls that we need to start. It's the right call, and I don't see I I don't see how Joseph with he has an elite defense in my opinion, in Denver. Denver's defense is one of the top 10 D. I don't know how you can't see, with still four minutes left to go in the game, why you don't go for it there. Because I understand, like, oh, you know, they can do this, they can do that, they can, you know, kick it down three and out. But the Browns still had all their timeouts. They had the... Nick Chubb was having an exemplary day on the ground, still. I, I just don't see the reason to go not go for go for the goal. You know, go I for see it what you're saying. But I think in his position right now, Broncos weren't expected to be necessarily a top-tier team. Obviously. They also weren't supposed to tank. No. They're supposed to be kind of middle ground. And he plays to his team's identity. Yeah. If you watch his calls, the Broncos are very conservative, especially late in the games. It's what cost him yeah. against Houston. Yeah. It's what cost him in this game. And it has been a hindrance because, Vance mm-hmm. Joseph, mm-hmm. he fails to make the confident play clause. Yes. He and, makes yeah. the conservative call, but in certain situations, that's not what you need to yeah. win. Again, and uh, this game did also officially eliminate Denver from any playoff conversation. Cleveland uh, can't win a division anymore with Baltimore and Pittsburgh's wins over the weekend, but still alive for that playoff spot, for a possible wildcard spot this year. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that has to happen, which includes a tie. Cleveland, gotta believe in Cleveland. Yeah. Have to have to hope that a tie comes to hit Indianapolis and Tennessee in Week 17. Oh, but yeah, obviously, and I think we have to give props to Greg Williams. He has now also officially won more games than Hugh Jackson did in his entire two and a half years as a Cleveland Brown coach in about 31 less games. Hugh Jackson won three games in 37. Greg Williams won four in six. So obviously, props to him. There's a lot more stuff we can talk about with the Browns there, but uh, obviously a big win for them. Still alive for the first time in Week 16 since 2007 when Derek Anderson made the Pro Bowl for the Browns as a quarterback. First time since Cleveland's around live in Week 16. Big props to the Browns. Obviously a team on the rise. Big props to Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb for running that offense. Team on the rise. Expect them to compete for a playoff spot next year. And then if I can add one last thing Mm -hmm. about the Browns. There's not a big reason not to leave in Cleveland. No. They built a solid young roster. Mm-hmm. Denzel Ward's playing out of his mind. Yes. And I think their draft picks have paid off. Miles Garrett. I think also their young tight end, David Njoku, provides a critical red zone threat. Yeah. Which leaves which, Mayfield's yeah. dual threat yeah. of ground. I think it's, it's so interesting because we've talked, I think, so much of the conversation around Cleveland has been how much they've missed on first-round picks throughout this, the, the new Browns mm-hmm. franchises, how much they've missed first-round picks. I mean, you can say some of them, uh, Justin Gilbert, Brandon Whedon, Johnny Manziel. Complete you, whiffs. Whiffs. I mean, I mean, you, you draft Justin Gilbert six overall. He, he turned into a seventh-round, consem- I mean, you know, compensatory pick. I mean, it's, it's a shocking Tragic. Tragic. How, how it's been bad. But if you look at, again, like you said, if you look at the past two years... So far, it looks like their first-round picks have all been pretty big hits. I mean, last year you had Miles Garrett go number one. I mean, he, was the, he was the obvious pick 
of course. Again, he was the obvious pick, but they take him. Total freak. To freak total out. freak on their defense. Helps out that defensive line so much. Pair, and they him, pick, pair him with Emmanuel Ogba. Yeah, it's a good a D-line. Rush. There's a good pass rush. rush. And then again, you see David Njoku, who was kind of seen as an interesting pick. A little bit of a project, definitely. When you first pick him. Uh, Miami, Miami. He was a hurricane. But an athletic freak, uh, and he's shown that this year. This year. You don't have a clear-cut first-round pick. You know you're going to go with a quarterback, but you don't have a clear one. You know, I remember when we were talking about this, I think we were actually in our history class that day, and I I think I told you, like, hey, sounds like Cleveland's going to pick Baker. With I think Schefter said that Baker's going to go number one to Cleveland. And a lot of people were kind of, you know, trashing that. Including me. I didn't think so. Because I think a lot of people, understandably, saw a lot more in Rosen and Darnold. The much more pro-solid, pro-styled quarterbacks. I mean, but I think a lot of people underestimated Baker Mayfield because of his size. I think he draws a lot of comparisons to Manziel, which made a lot of people afraid to believe in him. But he's shown he's a better passer, he's a better decision maker, and he's more explosive than Manziel. And I also think... People look at his size and they immediately think scrambler. Like when you think six foot quarterback, you think scrambler. But Baker Mayfield. He's shown the ability to stand in the pocket, pocket. Yeah. and make deep throws to Antonio Callaway, right. Rashard Higgins, and also they just picked up Rashad Perriman. Who's who been surprisingly. He's been out of the league. He came back. Surprisingly effective. Surprisingly effective. effective. Which, again, huge props to the Browns. Juice Landry. Like Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Weapons everywhere. So let's move on, though. Again, big props to the Browns. Growing franchise. You could probably do a whole podcast on just that franchise in general. You could probably do a whole episode on them. Maybe it's in the future. Maybe in the future. But uh, let's move on to Sunday's game. So, Zach, what do we got off starting Sunday games? On a Sunday, we highlighted the Green Bay and Chicago game. Chicago beat Green Bay 24-17. Moved to ten and four, clinched the NFC North. First time since two thousand and ten. Wow, that's throwback. Uh, Green Bay falls to five eight and one, and Rogers R E L A X motto didn't seem to help him in this stretch. Rogers twenty five for forty two, two seventy four yards, zero touchdowns and an interception. Devontae Adams eight receptions, one hundred nineteen yards, mm. no touchdowns, thirteen targets though. Oh wow. Mitch Trubisky twenty of twenty eight, two hundred thirty five yards. Two touchdowns and no picks. And then Allen Robinson, three receptions, 54 yards, zero touchdowns on seven targets. I mean, I think the Bears surprised a lot of people this year. I think a lot of people were picking them to be a wildcard team. I don't think a lot of people were expecting them to be... I wasn't even picking them to be a wildcard team. I think there were a lot of people who were saying they were going to be a wildcard team. They were 5-11 last year. Well, I think we knew with the new head coach coming in, Matt Nagy, definitely a more offensive-minded coach. Then John Foxworth. I think a lot of people saw Shout out to Nagy. He's from Yeah, shout out to Matt Nagy. Hell, hometown boy. Gotta love it. Gotta love those guys who've seen the NFL. But Chicago, I think the whole turning point, though, comes down to one man, John Gruden, for giving them Khalil Mack. So the addition of Mack has been such a revelation. I mean, we all knew the Bears' defense was going to be good. There was a lot of talent on that defense. But adding Khalil Mack has made it in my opinion, what it could be a Super Bowl winning defense. Also, they drafted well in Raquan Smith, that linebacker. A great pick. Love that pickup. That's a great pick at 15 for them. Pair him with Trevathan. Yeah. Also, D-line, you pair Akeem Hicks with Mack, uh, Eddie Goldman. You got a lot of studs on that defense. And you have Leonard Eddie Floyd. You have Eddie Jackson and the Fuller in, you know, in the, Two in the secondary. Two Pro Bowl caliber players at this point I mean, it's, it's amazing, but 
I think we have to talk about, again, another disappointing season for the Green Bay Packers. And absolutely. I'm just going to go off here on the Packers a little bit. Absolutely. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable to me how you waste a talent such as Aaron Rodgers. You waste a guy who can literally do so much stuff for your team. And it is unbelievable to me that you can continue to waste that talent like that. It's unbelievable, and it's a disgrace, in my opinion, that Green Bay has allowed us to continue on. Now, obviously, they made some changes last year. Fired their, um, uh, well, I should say reintegrated their GM. They basically moved him to another position away from football procedures. And now this year, they obviously fired Mike McCarthy uh, midseason. That was a huge, 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 huge deal for them. But again, it's an utter disgrace. What's going on in Green Bay? What's continuing to happen in Green Bay? It's just been a continuing disgrace, in my opinion. It is a disgrace to waste what is, in my opinion, this year's generational talent for, you know, the, the National Football League. The player who has been generational talent in Aaron Rodgers, to have losing seasons, mediocre seasons with him, to not be able to build a team around him? I mean, you can't waste talent like that. They did win a Super Bowl with him, luckily, in, 2000, in you know, 2011. They won him a Super Bowl. But t- t- you can't, you can't keep doing this. No I dynasty happened. Discredit happen. McCarthy. I feel like I know this might hit you home. I, I know this might hit you deep, Joe. Yeah. I compare McCarthy to Mike Tomlin in a lot of ways, in the fact that they both have had stellar offenses for years and years. They're used to playoffs. One NFC, one AFC. Tomlin's aggressive. McCarthy's aggressive. I think they both shadow. Different flaws, though, in the fact that they rely so heavy on talent and not strategy mm. to bail them out. They build around one man, Roethlisberger, Rodgers, and they put targets on the outside, like A.B. or Devontae Adams. Yeah. And I feel both of them, very successful over a long tenure, have a lot of flaws in the fact that they don't change if it's not working. They well, love to bring it back. To the star players, yeah. and I feel like that—that's why he got cut. He—he he couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't chop it. Yeah, no. Mc- Rodgers, McCarthy, obviously stubborn, 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 stubborn. Couldn't change his ways. So is Tomlin. I, I listen. We'll talk about it in I five said, years. Yeah, we'll talk about it in five we'll come years this later. Tomlin, yeah. Tomlin isn't at McCarthy's tenure period yet. He hasn't been where McCarthy, well, uh, has been, where he's now been fired, where he's at yet. Tomlin isn't there yet. And also remember that Tomlin is still only in his 40s. Still, he was hired as a 30, you know, 36-year-old defensive coordinator. So, you know, obviously he's still a young guy. We'll see what he can do, but I don't necessarily disagree with your transformation there. Now, let's talk about another game this week. The Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> For the first time in 15 years, surprisingly. 15 years. Get wow. shut out. Interesting. By what has been obviously been might, might might be the turnaround of the season in the Indianapolis Colts. Remember the Colts started two and five. They've been six and one in their last eight games now, eight and six, right there in the competition for the wild card spot. Probably would be the fifth or sixth wild card spot in the ASC, right in that race. Big props to Frank Reich and the Colts organization right there. Huge props there. Dak Prescott, another mediocre game from him. 24-39, only 206 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. And probably what we can call Amari Cooper's first poor game in about a month and a half for the mm-hmm. Cowboys. Only four receptions on seven targets for 32 yards. 
32 yards. Yeah. He's the bell cow. Uh, but uh, Zeke Elliott, again, another very good game for him. 18 carries, 87 yards. Of course, though, with that big fat zero on the board, didn't get in the end zone. Dallas, you can't do this, man. You cannot do this to your fan base again. A huge loss to them. Eagles win on the weekend. Uh, Redskins. Redskins pull out a victory on the weekend. Uh, this is a loss that you can't have right now. A win here would have cinched the division for you. You're, you're the division winners. You blow it and you leave the door Worst open. Possible. First to a scenario, scenario. You, you've left the door open. Uh, you've got a, uh, what some people might call an easier game against Tampa Bay this week, but then you've got to play the Giants. And even though the Giants, you know, they're, they're obviously not that good, uh, they've always been, a, you know, it's a division opponent. Division opponents are always tough no matter what their records are. That's just a fact. And I think it's a poor situation for Dallas to be in. Nick Foles had a very good performance last night. Talk about him later. But, yeah, Dallas, just a stunning loss, a stunning defeat, especially with how hot they've been, to be shut out by a team in Indianapolis. What do you think, Zach? What's your opinions on this game here? My opinion is I, I was impressed by Lux's mobility. I was oh. impressed Lux's ability to carry this team with receivers such as Zach Pascal, Ryan Grant. You're like, who are these people? These are not big-name receivers. He does have T.Y., and he uses him accordingly. Eric Ebron is having a dark horse Pro Bowl season. Eric Ebron has been an absolutely great pickup. Remember, he was a first on my first he was a first round pick by the Lions. Never really worked out there. I think he was the eleventh overall pick he out of North Carolina. He showed some flashes, but never really got the usage in uh, in uh, Detroit and with that offense there. But I think and I think it helps with Frank Wright coming from the Eagles in a system that used tight ends. So much, obviously a huge, huge help for him to go to that coaching system. But you're right, Dark Horse Pro Bowl season for Eric Ebron. I mean, I definitely agree with that. Also, uh, props to the running game in Indianapolis. Marlon Mack, speedster. Yeah. Also, Hines, their pickup. Yeah. They've been playing sneakily, very good football. Balanced, yeah. rushing and passing attack. And that's what makes the Colts dangerous. Yeah. Their defense has been playing better. Danico Autry is low-key having a very good season. The last three games, he's had personal best. And I think the Colts' defense, while young and inexperienced, with guys like Darius Leonard, mm-hmm. have playmakers. Yeah. And they can win tight games. And again, you've got to give it to what uh, was the total management change in, in the Colts this year. Uh, obviously, Chuck Pagano. Uh, gets the axe, he's fired. Chris Ballard, he's finally, it looks like he's definitely interpreting his system. He's getting his system in there. Frank Reich was obviously, might be one of the best hires this year right now. It's looking Bold like. Take. Bold take. that Frank Reich, coach, um, a new, new, new coach of the year, maybe? New first-year head coach, new coach of the year? Maybe that's something we can talk about in another episode. But, yeah, Frank Reich uh, came over, offensive coordinator for the Eagles, big part in Carson Wentz. But you can't overlook the fact that obviously a big help for the uh, Colts this year has been Andrew Luck. He's back. He's healthy. He's got at least a decent offensive line along him right now. Quentin, Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson huge has been pickup. a huge pickup for them at that guard spot. Ryan Kelly playing out of his mind at Ryan center. Ryan Kelly's been great at center. Some big offensive line pickups by Ballard in the draft this year. Props to the drafting department in Indianapolis. Yeah. Big draft this year. Big, big draft this year. 
paid off. Help towards the organization round. And like I said, started two and five, now eight and six, and right in there for a wild card spot. So let's continue on, Zach. You've, we've covered we covered one of the surprise games this weekend. One of the big surprise we results. Did. We did. Okay. So there was a surprising game that happened. Uh, it was a later game. Uh, Seattle fell to San Francisco. Disappointing for the Seahawks. Very disappointing. 23-26. Seahawks in a prime position to snag the five wild card spot as their division is not possible with the Rams. No. <laughs> uh, and San Francisco, 3-10 and ten coming in. But Mullins quarterbacking. Yeah. Nick Mullins won three games as an NFL starter. I mean... I don't know else what else to say. I mean, let's look at some of the stats here. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, 23 of 31, 237 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Another solid game by Russ. Uh, he's truly a captain on and off the field. Oh, yes. Uh, Chris Carson, don't sleep on this Seahawks running game. No, they've got a solid running game over Top there. Top right five now. running game right now. Chris Carson, 22 carries for 119 yards and a touchdown. Not to mention they added Rashad Penny in the draft. A lot of people didn't like that pick. I liked it, though, because they've showed a balanced ground and pound and deep shots with Baldwin mm-hmm. and Lockett, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. And Doug Baldwin, four receptions, 77 yards. The big takeaway, though, two touchdowns. Oh. He only had six targets. He got two touchdowns. One touchdown, he burnt Richard Sherman. Just flashed right by him in the end zone. Impressive play. One thing I do have to say that's very disappointing is the special teams and defense of Seattle. Oh, yeah. Disappointing this week, definitely. No doubt. Penalties killed them. Yes. They kept kept giving it away, got them in third and longs, pass interference and necessary roughness. Uh, Shaquem Griffin, Shaquille yeah. Griffin, I'm looking at you. Yeah. Um, uh, Nick Mullins, 20 of 29, for 275 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, very solid game. And a little bit dark horse, Dante Pettis mm. of the Niners, five receptions, 83 yards. No touchdowns on five targets. And, you know, it's so interesting because usually when, you've, we, when we've seen the Niners come really close or when they have won this year, a name that you usually hear about is George Kittle, who has been Phenomenal. a monster at tight end for them this year. Another Pro Bowl. Another Pro Bowl. With Ebron. Both with dark Ebron. horse Both guys. definitely dark horse, dark horse Pro Bowl. I wouldn't even call Kittle a dark horse. I think he would be a cinch with some of the stats he's had this year. I mean, he, he had a 200-yard receiving game only a week ago. But this game, he's held to only three receptions for 51 yards. He's held. And we see, we see the Niners pull out a win. And I think this is why you have to wait until Jimmy Garoppolo comes back. Because I think with Garoppolo there, maybe good some win. Marquise, good, good, good win as well. And I think maybe some added maybe some added pieces in that front seven on defense. Mike McGlinchey on the offensive line. Mike McGlinchey's solid. solid pickup on the offensive line. Again, on another Notre Dame offensive line. They, they've had a lot of very good prospects Studs. come out of there. But, um, yeah, I think we. this is why you don't hear people talking about firing Kyle Shanahan. Well, he does a great job. Because I think he's got a lot of positioning. He's got a lot of position there. I think he's got a lot working for him. I think they need to improve on their front seven a little bit. I think that's still an area where they need some help. DeForest Buckner had a big game. He had a big game, but I still think they need another piece there in that front seven to help them out. They'll hit that in the draft. And I think they're probably going to hit that in the draft this year, which we will talk about that a little bit. But, yeah, I don't think you can call this game anything but disappointing for Seattle. Exactly. I mean, you could look at it two ways. You could look at the fact that San Francisco came in 
with essentially nothing to play for. Yeah, except for a draft position. They come in and they screw themselves on draft position. Yeah. They actually drop in the draft rankings to four and basically eliminate their chances of a number one overall pick. Um, Just like just one win at the end of the season. It's kind of meaningless, but... I mean, good for them. They fought. They got a win. Um, uh, I mean, Shanahan doesn't have a lot to work with right now no. because of injuries. Like Dante Pettis. You'd be like, who, who is, is that? Who's that? These are receivers and player Kendrick Bourne. These are receivers who step up when the starters are gone. Yeah. And even San Francisco starters are not that strong right now. So no. I give Shanahan a lot of props, a lot of credit. He's done some pretty impressive things. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle, though, the other take is, Horrible loss. Uh, You come off a a solid win off the Vikings where you showed flashes of just explosive defensive pass rush and great secondary play, and they just came out there flat, and they they gave up a Richie James 97-yard kick return touchdown. So Loses on the game. There's three facets of a game, offense, defense, special special teams. teams. If you're not willing to capitalize on special teams, Sebastian Janikowski missed a PAT. In the beginning of the game, what a ever since then, they were playing catch-up the rest of the game. Because yeah. after that miss PAT, James returns it. Robbie Gold, who's high-key, yeah. not low-key, an amazing kicker right yeah. now. He's up there. I don't know what exactly his percentage is. He but it's good. He doesn't miss that much. Uh, he, hits his, he hits the game-winning field goal. He also hits his PAT. Mm-hmm. So special teams, maybe something to focus on for Pete Carroll. Uh, Luckily for them, still control the fifth spot right now in the NFC wild card, but definitely a tough loss with Minnesota, the Eagles, and the Redskins all winning this week. Oh, that's a rough loss to take. But now, my favorite game of the week, obviously, this week, my Pittsburgh Steelers finally take down the New England Patriots for the first time since they last won the Super Bowl in 2011. They take down the Patriots. 17 to 10. And there is a lot to discuss in this game, for my opinion. Uh, so let's go to some stats here, though. Let's start with the Patriots out first. Uh, Tom Brady, 25 to 36. Only 279, though. A touchdown and the pick. Uh, Sony Michelle, uh, surprisingly shut down a little bit by what a lot of people consider uh, not exactly the strongest rush defense by the Steelers. Only 13 carries, only 59 yards. Uh, not exactly the strongest week for a, guy, for a running back who's been. Very productive this year. And uh, Julian Edelman. He's had an up-and-down season with these injuries, man. Left the game in the second half. Comes out for the final drive. Doesn't work out in the end. He does still, though, seven with seven receptions for 90 yards on 11 targets. But no touchdowns for him. That one was a 63-yard bomb to Chris Hogan on a terrible, terrible, terrible miscommunication. Complete lapse in coverage. By the Steelers secondary, which continues to be a problem for them. But... They pull it out, and that's mainly because Big Ben, solid game for him, 235 and two touchdowns, but again, two interceptions. Again, Offisberger's uh, pass accuracy, a small concern. But probably the big star today, Jayante Samuels. 19 carries, 142 yards. No touchdowns for Samuels, but Le'Veon Bell's, um, uh, I don't know, maybe does his salary take a hit again. Again, another young running back. Plays in a huge game for Pittsburgh, and he takes and he just takes it and runs with it. A very impressive game for Samuels after a disappointing one against Oakland. Also, Pittsburgh used Stephen Ridley a couple uh, of times. Ex New England player. Yeah, and I like that. I liked how they paired together. They both 
ran that uh, back counter yeah. uh, power toss. Yeah. Where essentially, they kicked out right yeah. and then cut back through yep. the blocking lanes. Great O-line in Pittsburgh. Uh, this really was an impressive win. I mean, Tom Brady made some mistakes in this game. Yeah. Just like last week in Miami when he threw that pick. Yeah. No, he didn't throw a pick. He got sacked. He took a sack yeah. at the end of the first half. Ran out of time. time. That is so unlike Brady. And I don't know. Maybe we're seeing a chink chink in the, the armor. armor. I think it comes down to New England's defense, though, I think a little bit. I think their defense has not done a good job of leaving time for the offense this year for the first time in a while. And, you know, this is December. The Patriots have back-to-back losses in December, which is unheard of. Hasn't happened since 2002. That's basically unheard of in our lifetimes. We were small, small small-ass kids when we first, when that last happened in 2002. And that was the, the, I don't think that was the bounce-back season. That was the pre-bounce-back season. That was the one where Brady kind of, they kind of flummoxed a little bit. Before Brady kind of went on that dynastical run in the mid two thousands, I think that was the season after well, they Brady won. won a Super Bowl in two thousand one. Yeah, and then they, but then um, they didn't. They missed the yeah. playoffs in the next year, and that, but that was that season. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna see it this year. Neither Miami or the Jets or the Bills are obviously good enough to, to oh, yeah. make that New run. England has no competition in their division because of such weak teams: teams. Jets, Dolphins, Bills. But I think again, the Steelers, you'd come off a huge three game losing Big streak. Win. It's a big win, especially with Baltimore pulling out the victory this puts week over Tampa. Puts them in the fourth seed. Puts them in the fourth seed. Puts them still in the forefront. Uh, New England's still in that third spot. Houston moved up to two. Yeah, and Chiefs that's a huge because you got to look at the stat. New England six and zero at home this year. Three and five on the road. Them losing that not only that bye, but basically home field advantage for the divisional game. Huge hit. They're looking at huge least hit. a four, a three or four seed at this. Yeah. Point. Because, I, I mean, you look at this, you look, I mean, you talk about Pittsburgh, they're still in the division race. No playoff clinched yet with uh, very Baltimore. Very good chance, very good chance. But it's still a very good chance, especially since they have Cincinnati, uh, week 17. But uh, definitely a big chance. Uh, if they can maybe play like this against the Saints in New Orleans next week, obviously going to be a tough environment to go into against New Orleans next week, who are very much in play for that first uh, seed now. With the, the with, uh, with, we can we talk about this. We will get to that. But uh, Pittsburgh uh, maybe dodges a bullet here because with Baltimore playing the Ram- uh, the not the Rams, the Chargers next week, a game that they I would not project the Ravens to necessarily win. I would not necessarily call the Ravens the favorites in that game. To win this game uh, gives the Steelers a huge boost and I think motivates them to probably win the division or at least get a playoff spot this year. This probably, in my opinion, clinches a playoff spot. For sure. For the Steelers. Because I think I don't think they lose that Week 17 game in Cincinnati. No, absolutely not. I can't remember the last time Cincinnati beat Pittsburgh. I mean, that's 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 very true. It's been a long time. It's definitely been a long time. We don't time. have the stats on it, but it's been a well, long time. It's been time. a bit. It's been more than a couple of years now, and I don't know if they can do it with Jeff Driscoll in at quarterback, no, sadly. No, For the Bengals, their season is over. Pittsburgh, a huge win. But I think what we have to talk about with this game is that final set of downs for New England. Questionable. And I think this shows, if, if any team is looking to hire Josh fucking McDaniels as your head coach next year, that drive and those set of downs should be exactly why you shouldn't. Exactly why. Way, way too aggressive with about 50 seconds left on the clock. I get that when you throw the ball, you're going to get an incompletion, you're going to 
you're going to stop the clock there. But you don't go for the end zone every single time. That was my problem with that drive, is that they went for the end zone every single time. They just ran essentially four verts. Yeah. And I think this, if you watch the third down, James White is going to be wide open. One of the best receiving backs in the whole NFL. Facts. One of the best. He is turning. He has all this room because all the Steelers are players. He's such a good open field back too yeah. when you give him space. Brady overthrows the ball to Gronk in the back of the end zone. Which again, in coverage. We talk about it again. Gronk looked old yesterday. Brady did not look like Tom Brady. You I mean you make those overthrows? And people talking about the fourth down throw. I don't think that's his fault. Uh, I think that's some route running issues, in my opinion, that they had there. I think that was a good throw by Brady, especially when you've got people like Edelman and Gronk who can make those catches. I think that was a good throw, but bad play calling. Turn it into a fourth and fifteen. You have to throw to James right in that third down. Patriots lose. Again, this is something we haven't seen. Of. Patriots haven't clinched the division yet. They haven't technically clinched the division it's late. yet. Late again for New England to clinch the division, which, again, we haven't heard Could it be? in a long time. It would have to take some stuff. It's very unlikely for that not New to happen. New England's in a very good spot right now. Yeah. But we can hope that maybe this could be the end of the dynasty. Is it? Is it beginning to be? It's but possible. Our game of the week, of course, has to be the last night, Absolutely. Sunday night spectacular in Los Angeles. The Philadelphia Eagles, dead in the water, it looks like. Half the start, Nick Foles. Come in and get the 30-23 to 23 victory Impressive. over the Rams. Bring the record of 7-7, seven to seven. and with the Cowboys and Seahawks losing this week, Keeps them in the playoff hunt. Big win for the Eagles. Nick Foles, 24 for 31. 270, no touchdowns and a pick, but a very complete game. He managed the game well. And I think a big reason is their running back tandem of Smallwood and Adams. Smallwood, a big game, only 48 yards on the ground, but got two touchdowns. Big game for him. But Alshon Jeffrey, with this biggest game of the year. Eight receptions on eight targets. For 160 yards, a huge game for Alshon Jeffrey. Obviously a huge point in why the Eagles won that game. Jared Goff, a decent game for him. He got 339 yards in the air, uh, but he threw two picks again this week. Just like last week, Goff is showing flaws in why I personally don't consider the Rams to be a Super Bowl team. Okay. I can't trust them. Maybe the person why some people do consider the Rams a Super Bowl team, Todd Gurley. Had some injury problems in the second half, but still ran for 48 yards and two touchdowns. And uh, But also, big game for Robert Woods this week. With Cooper Cup out, maybe coming that more of a target, definitely becoming more targeted. Uh, big game for him, seven receptions, 74 yards. But the big play. The big, big play. About five minutes through, left in the fourth quarter. JoJo Natson. <laughs> How in the hell? How the fuck do you fumble the football know. there? Big you mistake. cannot fumble the football again there. Again, another special teams mishap in a big game. They benched the Farrell LA. Cooper for yeah. the same reason. Yeah, last year after the playoffs. Did it for the same reason. Another fumble. Probably cost them the game. I mean, Jake Elliott missed the missed, field. Yeah. He missed the field goal. Doesn't matter though in the end. Eagles defense holds. 
Uh, helps, I think, for them in the second half that Gurley was uh, limited. They kept trying to test Reynolds against Avante Maddox on the edge or the untested Philly corner. But Maddox Locked did a great game. Every single time. Great they kept game doing for a him. fade route yeah. deep to the corner of the end zone. Around Josh Reynolds yeah. on Avante Maddox. Maddox blanketed him every single time. Yep. Also, golf had plenty of overthrows on that yeah. same play. They and I think on. also on that last drive, a lot of uh, strange moves by Rams receivers of the ball. I think it was both Robert Wood. Uh, no, it was the tight end Eckert. Uh, him, Everett, I should say. Sorry, Everett sure, and okay. and um, uh, Todd Gurley. No. no, no, no. It was, it was Everett and Todd Gurley. Both don't go out of bounds on catches near I the sidelines. Might have cost the Rams the game. Uh, just with clock management. I mean, when Gurley, if he goes out of bounds, that's ten seconds off on the clock and probably two chances to go for the end zone. But he doesn't. And they have to snap the ball with only four seconds left. And, you know, once you make, miss that throw, that's, that's the game. So, disappointing loss for the Rams. Obviously, the division with the, with the Seahawks loss this week locked up. But that first seed now in question for the Rams, especially with the Saints knocking on their door. And the Saints play the Panthers tonight, which could be interesting. Which could be interesting. Panthers always play the Saints well. Uh, obviously, they've struggled a Panthers lot. Panthers get a win. They're right there at the Eagles. They They're right there with the Eagles. They hold a tiebreaker against the yep. Eagles. Right there with the Eagles and the Redskins and the Seahawks and the Vikings in that wild card spot. Big on the occasion for the Panthers in this game as well, and maybe for Ron Rivera's job, quite honestly. Absolutely. But, yeah, uh, a great game of football played last night. I was entertained. But those are the big ones, so let's go with some of the small ones this week. Arizona continues its tanking prowess. They're getting that number one. Uh, fall 40-14 to 14 to the Atlanta Falcons. Baltimore, like we mentioned earlier, stays in the AFC North divisional title hunt. Beats Tampa Bay only 20. Quiet. Tw- They're quiet. Quiet. They're okay. still in there. Joe Flacco uh, actually heard this morning. They are likely to move on from Joe Flacco in the offseason, whether it be through trade or cut. They're probably going to think be some, t- some teams uh, interested. Jacksonville probably Possibly. probably the biggest name maybe do we do we look at New York and the Giants maybe as a potential landing spot especially if Justin Herbert doesn't go it is a weak QB draft There's especially especially if Herbert doesn't yeah. come in if Herbert doesn't come on it's a very limited class for quarterbacks exactly uh, Oakland also continues their tank thirty to sixteen loss to Cincinnati the Washington Redskins and Josh Johnson. In his first NFL start since 2011, as a 32-year-old player, wins his first NFL game. He was uh, clearly emotional after the win. It's a good victory for him. Obviously, big props to that man. Good for him. All ups for him. Good for Josh Johnson. And if I can say something about that game, uh, I am a Jags fan. Yes, poor Zach. You was a Jags fan. It's been a rough season, but yesterday, Kessler did show the ability to scramble. And people argue, well... Kessler, like, we keep losing with a different quarterback. Mm -hmm. It's not the quarterback. We fired Hackett. At this point, there's very few flashes on the offensive side of any productivity. Yeah. And that's what we have to address in the draft. Yes. D.D. Westbrook had a big punt Big kick return, big punt return. One of the biggest plays of the day yesterday. Yeah. Still lost. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota trounced Miami, 41-17, continuing expected expected victory there for the Vikings at home. Uh, Miami. There was no Miami miracle this week. I think that Miami hurts for a little bit for Miami, uh, especially with New England losing to 
The Steelers uh, maybe could have had a little bit of door opening there, especially yeah. with their big win oh, against the Patriots last week. And maybe the surprise result, the New York Giants absolutely shut down Saquon Barkley with by far and away his worst game as a, as a rookie this season by far and wide. Uh, the Titans win 17-0 of the Giants. So, with all that in mind, let's look at the NFL draft order as it stands right now. And as you mentioned, Zach, right now at number one, we have the Arizona Cardinals. Absolutely. A disappointing season. Poor Larry Fitzgerald, Hall of Fame guy, Hall of Fame man. He should go ring chasing. He sh- I wish he would. Come to Pittsburgh, Larry. We would accept you open arms. I think Zach would probably accept you and Jackson oh, yeah. as well with open arms. We could take him. But, uh, yeah, disappointing year. A lot of talk that Steve Wilkes might not survive his first season as Arizona head coach. Yeah, that's... A lot, that's of, a lot of talk he's going to get fired. Uh, the Raiders. The Raiders. Now, the Raiders At are, number in, two. are in an interesting spot in the fact that they have three first-round picks. Two of them are going to be low, though. It looks like Dallas is going to take the division. Uh, and the Bears, of course. Both have oh, potentials to be low. I like it. I like it. But those are picks that could be traded up for maybe a, another on, top 15 pick. on Conley is yeah. a young upcoming cornerback. I see flashes of of a strong corner yeah. in him. So uh, we'll Keem Tlaib has been a player I think that's been mentioned about on Conley a lot. But mm-hmm. uh, the Raiders, that's an organization that's a mess, though, still, in my opinion. Absolutely. That's a mess in... In my opinion, a huge mess, and John Gruden has a lot of stuff to fix, but he's got nine more years and ninety more million dollars going into his wallet to deal with it. Let's just wait it out. Yeah, Let's see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll give Gruden the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what happens. The New York Jets, <laughs> number three, four and ten. We have three, four, and th- three, four and ten teams. Actually, it goes Jets, 49ers, and then your Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh. Go down that list there. Disappointing season for probably, I'd say, both the 49ers and the Jags, but much more for the Jags considering uh, their limitless on the injuries. Uh, no, not the injury bug that has bitten the San Francisco 49ers. And another disappointing team here, the Atlanta Falcons. Going 5-9. and nine, uh, Dan Quinn, probably going to be another one of those coaches that's going to be talked about to be fired. The Detroit Lions. Uh People are going to give Matt Patricia the benefit of the doubt here, probably trying to rebuild the organization in his image a little bit. Uh, don't be surprised if we see a defensive pick with that first-round pick for Detroit. They did They did get rid of Golden Tate because of their upcoming receivers. Yes. Marvin Jones, Kenny, Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay has, again, a very quiet season. Too bad. Watch probably expect a defensive pick for the Lions in the draft. It's the a New very York Giants. defensive-heavy yeah. draft. The New York Giants? Uh, eighth pick, possibly maybe. Could you see the Giants trade up? I think so. I think that's a definite trade up potential. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dirk Cutter, another person, probably gonna look at getting his job. Probably lost this season. Uh, that's another guy. And the Bills at five and ten, nine, which is interesting because that's really a position where, if Justin Herbert does not declare, Missouri quarterback Drew Locke. Or is, Will Greer out of or, West Virginia. Well, I don't know about Greer, but I think Haskins and Locke are concerned concerned to the best two quarterbacks in this draft. And uh, that's kind of where they're expected to go. So do we see a Bills, you know, do the Bills and the Raiders make sense as trade partners this year maybe? I mean, you know, the Bills, you got them right there in that 10 spot. And especially if the Raiders make the decision to Absolutely. cut Derek Carr this year. I mean, I think Ooh, bold take. that's a position that you could see right here. But the draft... Is something that we can probably say for a whole nother podcast, but 
it was a great week of games this week, don't you think so? Absolutely. I thought it was a great week of games. Uh, just my final statements, Dallas, New England, Los Angeles Rams, get your acts together. Something's not going wrong right for you this week for the Patriots and for the Rams last week too. Seattle, what the hell did you do? That was dumb. That was stupid. You cannot lose these games to the teams like the 49ers. Cleveland, keep fighting. You're America's team now, Cleveland. We all want you to make the playoffs. We want to see Baker the Mayfield. coolers have been open. Yeah, we want to see Baker Mayfield feeling dangerous in the playoffs. We all know we want it. All right. Next week on Z-Dunks uh, Z and the Wild Man, playoff predictions with probably the playoffs looking very much open now. Probably have a little bit more of a set thing uh, next week after the games. We'll probably have a little bit more of a set list. But we're excited. We're ready to go. NFL season almost there. It's almost playoff time, baby. Very excited. We're very excited. So this has been the first episode of Z-Dunks and the Wild Man. I want to thanks to all of our listeners for listening in on this first podcast. We promise it will get better. And we want to thank Anchor. Uh, it's an app on the iPhone. It's, uh, it's what we use to record these podcasts. Uh, it's been great. It's a great sound producer. It's a great producer of stuff. It's been great for us in these first couple of opportunities we've had for us. Big shout out to them. And we want to thank everyone for listening in. We will continue to have more of these. This is just the beginning, folks. Again, I am Joe Szymanski, a.k.a. The Wild Man. He is Zachary Duncan, a.k.a. Z-Dunks. This has been the first ever episode of Z-Dunks and the Wild Man. And we wish everyone a spectacular end to the NFL season.